Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. The Yankees came into this offseason with a couple of goals. One of them was to get a big left-handed outfield bat. And in Juan Soto, they have come up with the biggest there is in baseball. This is Durden Sprague. For Iowa State, it's snatched away by Goodman. Here's Marshall with Clark trailing. History in flight. You bet! Caitlin Clark! 3,000 career points! With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. Portland does have a foul to give. If they have to foul, they have to foul twice. Well, if they make the shot, it'll still be one of game unless they make it three. Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. All right, 602 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Happy Thursday, everybody. What is happening? The rain's finally slowed. Dude, it stopped. It felt so good driving in today. Isn't it amazing how much different people drive when it's not raining? Like, that's the only difference that I flew in this morning. Oh, you did? There was no stoppages, no delays, nobody going slow. Everybody was cruising. I have uh, 84 PTSD, so I went 99 all week. <laughs> You're just staying away. Just stay away from 84 the rest of the week. <laughs> For the foreseeable future. It's yeah. Not a bad idea. Definitely with bad weather. That's There's not a highway that I think is worse to be on with snow or bad rain. Yeah. You're just totally screwed. There's nowhere to go. I think that's uh, the ultimate goal here. Good morning, Swigard. How we doing? Did we call a basketball game? last night no uh, it's tonight oh we what do we got uh, tonight well this evening uh the pot this is the road trip i'm not on they're in fargo tonight taking fargo. on the bison fargo you didn't want to go to fargo what's up with that or you just didn't get the invite uh no it was it was planned they yeah. were still well, fargo. take both of you to north dakota <laughs> they had pl- i'm glad listen i love being with the team the guys are great it's so much easier to do the job when you're with them and you're not chasing everything down from afar. But if there was going to be a trip, I sat out. I, I'm not not upset. I'm not in North Dakota. It took them all day. They had to fly to Dallas, have a two-hour layover, and then go all the way to Fargo. It was It was all day on Tuesday. They took the entire day and pretty much just traveled. Well, yeah. Who goes directly to Fargo? <laughs> exactly from yeah, Portland. Direct flights. Yeah. Come on. I mean, anybody that's gone to Fargo is like, yeah, Jason. Most of this is normal. <laughs> I didn't know. But Dallas there's no had snow an out there. <laughs> I checked in with the coaches because I gotta. We gotta tape the pregame here after the show this morning. I said, okay, what's your schedule? How's that fitting in? And go. How much snow's on the ground? He's like, 
There's no snow. No snow. It's cold, but there's no snow. Come on. It's probably the only good thing about living in a, in the Dakotas is Christmas time gives you snow usually. <laughs> yeah, you just hope it's not a blizzard so you can go out and at least do something. Sure, here. but aesthetically it looks nice. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. It's got to be gorgeous, man. A little <laughs> white, white blanket of snow covering everything. And then New Year's ends and you go, I hate it here. I got three more months of this. Maybe four. Four or five more months <laughs> of it You got to wait till April or May for it to end. The new season of Fargo just came out. I haven't, I, I wanted to watch that, yeah. So I watched the first episode, but I'm now weird with television that I can't, I don't, I can't do week to week anymore. I can't. Yeah, you're a binger. I have to be able to binge. Yeah. And so I watched the first episode just to gauge, do I want to, do I like this show? Do I like the actors? Is this going to be something I'm interested in? First episode was solid. It kind of ropes you, a little bit of a slow start, and then it ropes you in. You're like, all right, this could be a good show. And now I'm going to let it build up until I'm on vacation. And then I'll probably have five or six episodes. I think it started three weeks ago. Yeah. So probably two or three out already, get a couple more weeks, and you get through half the season in like a day. It's perfect. That is a, uh, it's a nice setup to have when you have days off. Yes, because I can't do, I forget when every time I watch a show week by week, I forget half the things that happen. Really? I do. And then I always hmm. have to watch the recap of the show at the start. They do on last week on blah, blah, blah. They tell you what, you're like, oh, that's right. That happened. Can I, uh, I'm trying to fight off a sneeze right now. Yeah, fight that like sneeze. Worst possible time. <laughs> you mean to scare you? Ha! Uh, can I tell you something honestly? Yeah, what do you got? I was uh, in the shower yesterday. Were you thinking about me in the shower? I was not. Oh, okay. I was thinking about television, though. Oh, okay. And what's funny about what you just said is, how many people watch a show and then say that they loved the show, put it in their all-time favorites category, mm -hmm. and then can't tell you how the show ends? <laughs> what the plot was at the ending? Like, how? no, how, you know the plot, but just what happened at the end? Because you know what show I had this with, which is why I thought about this? Hmm. I don't think I remember how True Detective ended with Harrelson and McConaughey. I remember what they were doing, yeah. and I remember there's some like voodoo, witchcraft, sacrificial stuff. I don't think I can tell you how the show ended, and it's in my like top 30 best shows of all time season of television. The acting was incredible in that show. Phenomenal. Uh, acting. That's a. I don't know if I. I don't know if I. Do had you know it. how it ends? I. Do, I can't tell you. I, I remember didn't Google it either because I was like, I wonder if <laughs> Dirt remembers. I remember the voodoo guy. There's a voodoo guy like out in the bayou somewhere. Yeah. Chase him down. Yeah. And they've. But I can't. Like, yeah. Isn't this weird? It is a little weird. I. I don't know if I have other shows that I can't say that for. I. I couldn't think of another show that I. I would claim to say I love, that I yeah. couldn't tell you Usually how it you ended. You have like some lasting image. Yes. Of like. Would they Sopranos they just, fade to black? Exactly. Right? Nobody right. will ever forget that. That's a great one. You have Game of Thrones peeing down their leg. Yeah. Yes. You got Cheers. They're knocking on the knocking on the door, and Sam says we're closed. Exactly. Mash. True Detective season one. No clue. Yeah. You can't 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 pull it. I uh, that show too is interesting because I don't know if there's that it hasn't a, not aged well, but they haven't been able to recreate it. Well, they tried two different versions with Vince and it just Vaughn. hasn't. Yeah, it was Vince a total Vaughn. different, different case. Well, they do that actors. every time, yeah, and it just hasn't been the same. Is it Marshala Ali, yeah, he did one, and that one was okay. I watched that one. The Rachel I thought that one was boring. The Rachel McAdams one, I couldn't do. That just, I watched like two episodes of it, and I was like, yeah, this doesn't. I'm, I'm out. There's a new one coming out though. Yeah, but if the other two aren't, it's Jodie Foster. Eh. I, I'm just saying, Is there's she a new one? reprising. Uh... 
She doesn't. Please. Jodie Foster doesn't do it for you. No, really. No. Okay. All right. I want a hot take. That's a hot. That is. You're not, I, I kind of like the gal that replaced her. The one that looks like Jodie Foster. Kinda reminds you of Jodie Foster. She was in the second one, the Hannibal, the sequel. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys not watch that? One? I know. She's redheaded. She's in Crazy gal. Stupid Love. She's yes. Steve Carell's love interest that cheats on him. <laughs> yes, I know exactly who you're talking. I don't about. know what her name is. <laughs> this we're not good with names. and We're not good with endings. Of shows. She's basically. How can I put this? She's a she's, redheaded Jodie Foster, but Jodie Foster is kind of redheaded. She's the Gene Hackman to Jodie Foster's Jack Nicholas. <laughs> you mean Jack Nicholson? Nicholson, yeah. I always get those two mixed up. You know what I mean. The actor, not the golfer. <laughs> not the golfer. <laughs> Tiger Woods, who cares, man? What are we talking what about? What is here? her name? She's really good. I know. I'm trying to think of her I think. She, I think I like her acting. In, Jodie Foster feels very robotic to me. Uh, I'm trying to find. I know it. that might sound blasphemous because mm. Julianne Moore, Juli- oh. hey, Julianne Moore. Yeah. What are you owing for? You obviously don't watch anything with I her. I didn't watch that, but Julianne Moore was in uh, Boogie Nights. Oh, okay. I'm glad you remember Boogie. I Nights, like how though. that's how far we throw it back for Julianne Moore is Boogie Nights. <laughs> <laughs> Not the 80 projects she's done no. post Boogie Nights. Hannibal was a great movie, obviously. Crazy Stupid Love was a pretty good. That was an okay movie. What wasn't she that's in? A great rom com. I mean, we don't have great rom coms anymore. She was in The Big Lebowski. I can't believe you just poo pooed Crazy Stupid Love. I mean, it was with always, Ryan Gosling. It was, it was good. Good little movie. He's dating his daughter and they little, didn't know it. It's a good little movie. I'll oh, give you that. Man. She was in the Don Juan. Yeah, the Don Juan. The Don Juan. I have no idea. What you didn't watch about. the Don Juan Swigard? <laughs> Don't even know that that movie existed. Come on, it's she's a real in movie. another movie where she's a cheater. She cheats on her significant other, and I think that's when I was like, I'm kind of into this lady. In terms of, like, somebody asked about Fargo, the seasons, do they stand alone? They do, It's very similar to True Detective. So it's the same Separate moniker, stories, and yeah. they're all different actors, different, you know, storylines and plots and all that. And they tell you at the start, this is a true story, but we change the names of the characters, but none of them are actually true stories. But I've, I will put up there, talking about seasons... And I can't tell you how it ended, but like favorite TV shows of all time or seasons of TV shows, the second season of Fargo, I will put up there with anything that I've watched in the last 15 years. Really? Anything that I have watched. Wow. It was unbelievable. It had the brother from Everybody Loves Raymond as like a bad gangster, but he was kind of funny. Brad Garrett. Who's the guy from Breaking Bad that ended up killing everybody? You didn't think he was bad, but then he ended up being bad. Oh, yeah. The guy who plays Gus? Uh, yes, Gus. Yeah. That guy's in it. Gus Fring. Uh, no, not Gus Fring. The guy who works with Walter and this is horrible radio. Yeah, it's terrible. I can't think of the guys. He's the white, average looking white guy. He was just in <laughs> oh, the, the bald guy? Love of the Dog or the Netflix uh, Western movie. Are you talking about the assassin? The old assassin? Not the old assassin. God, this is bad radio. <laughs> that guy's in it and he's great. Okay. That's all I got to say. He's off. Awesome. The second season of Fargo was awesome, but they haven't been able to. The other ones are just, they did one with Chris Rock that was, meh, it was okay. It just thought you're searching for it. First season was good. Second season was good, and it's faded since then. Chris Rock can't act. Can we be honest about this? Kind of an agreement there. He's just, I don't know. It's like he's trying to tell the joke with serious lines. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I have a hard time with comedic actors trying to do serious roles. Not I don't many, if you're good. Not, well, I'm just saying not many can pull it off. It's very hard. Like Vince Vaughn is that way for me too. Yeah, I, that, yeah, people kind of canned that season two of True Detective for that reason. I have a hard time. What about Steve Carell? Steve Carell's transitioned pretty well. You think he has? I think he has. I I felt like for like the last 10 years, he's been trying his ass off to win a to win an Oscar. Yeah. And it just 
not happening for him. I don't um, know if it will happen, but it hasn't happened for him. Yeah, uh, Jesse kind of a... Jesse Plemons is the name oh, I was looking for. at the end. That the younger guy. guy that guy. Kills a little kid. Exactly. Yeah. The, the awful dude. Pretty he awful. is in that season of Fargo, and he is awesome. You know, he's mis- uh, married to Kristen Dunst. Kirsten Dunst? She's also in that show. They're married in that show. Fun fact. Really? Yes. Great season. If you can go find it, go find that season. It'd be kind of fun to act with your wife, wouldn't it? It would, especially if you're actually married in the show. Yeah. You know, kind of playing it on screen. Uh, Steve Carell, I think, has done some good. Uh, like, I thought he was uh, in the big short. I thought he was really good. Fantastic. Really good role in that. Yeah. But in terms I felt of- like I was Steve Carell's character. Of all the characters in that movie, yes. I felt like I was Steve Carell's character. Do I want to get rich off of some of this? <laughs> right. I mean, probably. And then it actually happens, and I got this huge guilty conscience, but like I got $400 million. I never saw the Foxcatcher one that he did. The wrestling with one the with wrestling Channing Tatum? One. I never saw that one. Mm. Some of the other series roles, I don't know if I've seen, but I do think he has the chops to pull it off. Some of them, you just look at them, and you just can't take it seriously. I have a hard time doing that. Well, I thought... I'd- when he was in Little Miss Sunshine. That was a good role, too. Yeah. That was a great role. It Him and Alan Arkin are fantastic oh, yeah. in that movie. Yep. I loved that flick. That was a great movie. <laughs> Greg Kinnear was great, too, in his role. <laughs> yes, he was. Greg Kinnear is an underrated... He's the Julianne Moore yeah. of the uh, the male actors the out there. Daughter starts doing the dance to Super Freak up on the stage. Oh, on the beauty pageant. <laughs> Super Freak. Super Freak. <laughs> well, because her and Grandpa <laughs> yeah. had learned, Come but uh, nobody knew what the performance was going to be until she started. They're working that thing out, man. Yeah, again, how does True Detective end? I don't know, but uh, eventually I'll figure that out. I loved it. It was a good season of television. It had to have been better than the Blazer Warrior game. You got to go back and watch it. Remember the ending. That's why I have to rewatch television shows sometimes. But you don't remember the ending either. No, that kind of blows my mind. But I don't put it quite on the pecking order that you do. A really good show. You didn't think that season with those two guys was... I thought it was a good show. Wow. But I wouldn't put it in like my top five category of all time, dude. Of in terms of acting and chemistry, the acting was great. I will they not deny nailed that. it. Will not deny that whatsoever. Oh man. Well, all right. Let's get it going. We got a busy show. There is a lot to get to. Uh, the Trailblazers. You mentioned the Trailblazers. We'll get to them today. An almost win. Was that the best loss you could possibly have? It was a great almost win last night. It was a great loss. They uh, they need ping pong balls, but. You want to see, like, something. You know what I mean? The tough part is we also need the Warriors ping pong balls, so you're kind of in a catch-22 last night. Yeah, but it worked out for you. Yeah, but them winning is, you know, I guess that's okay, but I would prefer more Golden State losses. Isn't that pick top four protected? Top four protected. See, I don't want them to be too bad. They're not going to be top four. Uh... They they should have lost that game last night. You think they're going to fully tank? Do you think the Blazers are, like... Ahead of the top four? No, but there are teams with like five wins on the season. Yeah. And there's a lot of them. The Detroit Pistons have lost 18 games in a row. The Spurs have three wins. I think Spurs. I think we're safe in the I think the Warrior pick is safe from the top four. Nobody has talked about the Spurs no. and the fact that they are so oh so so awful. They've lost fifteen games in a row. Yeah. Fifteen in a row, that's, man. That's that's disgusting. Not good, Bob. Uh we'll talk with uh we'll talk on that topic, the Blazers Warriors. We've got the Civil War is back. Uh we'll get to that today. Ken Barkley's gonna join us at eight, and Brandon Huffman of twenty four seven sports at seven thirty 
on the portal. Let's get it going. Dirt and Sprague, not such a great day for this team. Next on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back in. Um... We found out during the break, dirt is pro pants, pro pants, pro pants. I don't want to see your, I don't want to see your calves. Put some pants on. Uh-oh. Well, you know how I feel about pants. <laughs> I so. do. You're anti-pant. Touche. That's probably why you said what you said. Exactly. We need to get over that. <laughs> I can't take golf seriously if you're wearing shorts, man. I just can't do it. Put some pants on. Does it bother you on the LPGA tour? No, oh. because I'm used to them wearing, like, I'm used to that. You're it's used been, to the skirt? It's been built into my viewership. Okay. They get everything, right? Shorts, skirts, and you pants? Do, you can do whatever you want, man. Yeah, they are Good sometimes uh, criticized uh, the other direction that there's uh, there should be a little bit more coverage. Ah, covered up for like a 1920s beach. Time. Yeah, Lexi's <laughs> taking some heat for her sleeveless stuff sometimes. I'd argue that. And you're just like, <laughs> what? Why? Come on. Exactly. That, that I will not complain about. Um, something I'll complain about, Oregon State had a very rough day yesterday. Yeah, you did, Bob. Yeah, you did. We will get to the Civil War at 7, so I don't really want to talk about that right now. Okay. I want to talk about how it's, it's. Um, I don't want to use the term mass exodus, but I think some names popped into the portal yesterday that a lot of fans, if you're not reading tea leaves or websites or what have you, uh, saw names and went, wow, really? Damn. Okay. Jack Vailing, the Arnold brothers are gone. Obviously, we know who's not playing in the bowl game. Martinez suspended. We already know the other guys that have left. Um, freshman DB. It just uh, yesterday was a tough day for Oregon State. Can we do a take back on the Martinez suspension now with all the guys out? Like it would be nice to have somebody worth watching in that game. And well, Notre Dame is also <laughs> oh, this is but bowl games nobody yeah. play. Which yeah, these bowl you, games. This is why bowl games need to go away. You like, guys were the outlier last year because you had a relatively full team. We had you, something to play for. You played a team who yes. was this. This is what Florida was last year, and then you kicked their teeth in, and this is how bowl games are going to go. So at least Notre Dame's on a similar footing. 
I there's there's no silver lining here. There's no positive spin. I mean, this was rough. The only angle that I can try and go down to make you feel better, but it's not going to, is mm. at least Texas A&M's going through it too. They lost their coach, and they've lost basically their entire team. Yeah. Now, the reverse of that is they have money, and they're going to buy a new team next year, and they're going to be able to rebuild. Oh, that's right, because they play in the SEC. Yes, and they yeah. have that oil money, and yeah. it's uh, very rich down there. So they're good, But at least this, you're not the only school. Like This isn't just a downgraded conference thing. It's just when coaches leave, this is mm. what tends to happen. You get guys that bounce. I I disagree with that take. Oh, okay. Well, you're kind of omitting the biggest part, though. Like, us losing all of those players, those are really good players they're losing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard for that school with that future to get that kind of talent back. Oh, there's no doubt about that. So, like, A&M and Michigan State or, I don't know, fill in the blank of whatever team is losing players. Like, that's not that big of a deal because they have power for conference status. and No doubt. A lot of them have more money, and they will find their way right back with the talent. Uh, Oregon State loses that talent. It's I, look, I, I I'm giving all of that coaching staff a legit shot, and mm-hmm. I hope that they can stabilize this. But when you lose that talent and you become a Mountain West school, uh, seemingly, y- you start to a- accumulate Mountain West talent, and you kind of move further away from Pac-12, Power Four, Five conference yeah. talent. Yeah, it looks like that's your future. The tough part is when you hire. Trent Bray, I think the one hope that you had there was he was going to be able to keep this together to a certain extent. And every program's going to have transfers. Oregon State's, their numbers aren't that different than what some of the other universities are around the country. The difference is the quality of player that has left Oregon State. Yes. It's not just that you're losing depth pieces or guys that are saying, hey, I'm third on the depth chart, I'm not going to play, or... Uh, coach left, and he was the one that recruited me, but I haven't played yet, so I'm going to go play somewhere else. Like You're losing guys that are significant impact players, and that's the difference between... like I think Oregon State and Oregon have very similar numbers in total of guys that have entered the transfer portal, but the vast majority of Oregon guys are guys that didn't play a lot of snaps this last year and kind of see the writing on the wall of where their future is going, whereas Oregon State has lost, obviously, two quarterbacks, one which you kind of assumed was gone, one was the future, a tight end who I would argue at times, not even at times, he was your best weapon this season. Uh, obviously, the, had the most tutties. Yeah, the, the the key defenders that you've lost, the best young corner that you had, um, and I don't even, I wouldn't even imagine that this is it, right? Like it's probably going to continue. I don't know how much, uh, how much longer it's going to continue, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to say this is it for them. Here, I, I will say I do. There is, a, I understand the frustration from fans. I, I don't ever like attacking players because I don't know what's going on and I don't know what they're getting offered and I don't know what they're going through. Um, and when you have to read the statements of, you know, with that being said, let me thank God. Now I'm taking my talent somewhere else, but I love Oregon State. It's like, dude, you just roll your eyes at it. And I understand that sentiment. I, I, I do think there's a frustration there, though, from the guys who came out. And they were there was a big push inside that locker room to make Trent Bray the head coach. And we talked about him getting hired and the celebration that they had inside that room. They wanted Trent Bray to be the head coach. And I don't know how vocal all these guys are that are in the transfer portal. Um, but I just I think that stings a little bit more. It's like we made the move that the locker room wanted us to make, and it doesn't seem to be having the impact that we thought it could have. Well, A&M, you mentioned A&M because they are losing guys left and right, five-star guys that came to that legendary yep. recruiting class. They've lost half their team. <laughs> yeah. It's been bad. Still 17th in the recruiting rankings for 2024. Like, yeah. that's that's the difference. I don't even know where Oregon State is on this thing anymore. Uh, they weren't a recruiting juggernaut by any stretch, but – A&M can lose half their team and still be ranked in the top 17 because kids are still going to keep going there. And I think that's the thing for 
For Bray and company, that's going to be the thing for them. When you get through this and the portal is done and all of these players that wanted to leave have left, what is your team after that? And by the way, I said this when they hired him. It it was, a I think, a combination of things. He is a good coach. He clearly knows defense. He knows how to coach. Absolutely. Players like him, so he's got the player respect thing. And Oregon State, the university and the fan base, both kind of, they needed – they needed a win. They needed to feel good. And Bray, I think, of all the candidates, made makes you feel that way. And I believe he can stabilize this thing. But the other side of that coin is, in all honesty, we're talking about an unknown. Mm-hmm. I've heard people talk about him as a coach, as a head coach. And, and I think having an optimistic viewpoint is one thing. I think including, oh, they made a home run hire. I mean, going from coordinator head coach is a massively big difference in life and philosophy and the way you're structuring things. And, you know, we interviewed him. It was two, three-word answer. He's a coordinator locked in a closet every week. <laughs> well, now he's the coach. And it's just it's, it's a different thing. It's not going to be like, oh, it's just going to roll over and be what it was with Jonathan and the defense is going to be really good. The defense might always be really good, but it's also going to be how is he handling the clock? Mm-hmm. How is he managing his timeouts? What is the down and distance he says, I'm going for it on fourth down? There, there are so many little other nuggets to this that, yeah, an optimistic view is okay. Concluding home run higher, I mean, that's that's kind of where I'll just go, well, I mean, can we wait and see a little bit? Like, <laughs> right. we've seen first-time head coaches not necessarily succeed on their first opportunity, and now you got to deal with the uncertainty of conference play. You're losing kids in the portal. Yes, your staff appears to be finished, even though they haven't announced all those hires. But I just, I don't know, man. It's It's an interesting spot. I continue to be in the position of basketball school. Yeah, I mean, put all your resources there. That's not be basketball and baseball centric, and just kind of give up on the football front. The tough part is the stadium financing. I don't know if they could do that. You got to pack that thing. Well, they're so. not going to. I'm not saying know, give up. I'm saying I think they've got two years. Yeah, you got two years to figure it out. Two and years to see what happens. This is this is what your future is going to look like. I I will say on the coaching front, it. I even remember saying this when Dan Lanning was hired, and everybody said, "Well, what a great hire! What a great hire!" And it's like, yeah, I mean, he's coming from Georgia. You like the pedigree. But we also, I think, were a little bit scarred as a show from our interactions with Jimmy Lake. I'll never forget being at Pac-12 Media Day, interviewing Jimmy Lake, thinking, this guy's got it, man. Really good. He's charismatic. Yeah. He's entertaining. Yep. He's got a great personality. Mm-hmm. You imagine him sitting across from you in a living room recruiting you to come. I would sign on the dotted line, dude. I loved that guy. He was one of the nicest coaches we've ever met. Took an elevator uh, ride an elevator down. elevator ride with us. Like, dude, this guy's <laughs> awesome. And then the next year they went 4-8 and eight and he's punching a player on the sideline and he got fired. Like, yeah. You just never know. And so I think there's some scar tissue there of like, when he was hired, it felt like this is the this is the ascension. Here we go, our defensive coordinator. He's led our defense. Now he's going to be the head coach. And it flamed out in two or three years, however long he was there. You just never know how guys are going to handle having all the responsibilities to your point on Bray. I think this also circles back, though, to the sentiment that I had. And I understand the, you know, we're going to go through this with John Rahm today, right? It's like, I can't blame you for making any decision financially for your family. I get like, I get it. I can't blame you for it. There's an aspect of Jonathan Smith leaving when he did. That will always leave, and I'm not even an Oregon State fan, that will always leave a sour taste in my mouth. Because I will maintain that even if they have a down year, even if the next year is a little bit rocky, 
I still think his name is out there. I still think it's a commodity. Maybe he doesn't get the Michigan State job. Is it seven million and a half a year at Michigan With, State at, dude, level? Or? I think it is because the SEC and Big Ten are only going to keep making more money. They're only going to throw more money at coaches to get them away from places. And this was always the fear of like, if you just hang on for a year, and, and maybe this exodus happens with Jonathan Smith there, and guys are like, dude, I don't want to play a Mountain West schedule. Well, it's a P4 now, right? and you're not in the P4. I want to go play a power yeah. schedule. I don't want to play San Jose State and UNLV and Colorado State all year. I want to go play in the SEC or the Big Ten or the Big 12. Right. Maybe this still happens. But there's always that thought of, like, dude, if you could have just held on to help just hold it together for one more year to see where we're at, what does the landscape look like, cobble it together, keep as much of the roster intact as you can, I don't think Oregon State fan eventually would blame him for leaving if the Mountain West seriously is your future. But it's just the it was the absolute, utterly worst time to do this when you're trying to figure out a schedule. You don't have a TV deal. You don't have a conference. You're losing your roster. You don't have the money to spend to go hire a coach. Like It just was a devastating time to leave your alma mater. I mean, I'll say this. Is it possible he saw everything you just rattled off and said, Maybe he knew this would happen to How am I going to succeed? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the hard part. Did you see that they ended up finding a whole rack of his clothes? I, I did see that, yeah. I saw a Duck fan tweet it out. It was a whole rack. He's like, it's like literally a whole closet's worth of Oregon State gear. His wife just dumped it in a garbage bag. Here you go. Bye. Take a goodwill. We don't want the, We don't need this anymore. We need some of that green clothing. Uh, coming up next, this athlete not being well-received and an update on a local story that we didn't add to yesterday's conversation. That's next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you. We've got uh, Huffman. At 7.30, 24-7 sports. Ken Barkley at 8 a.m. Uh, I, I find it interesting when a city turns on their own athlete, and that's that's happening up north right now. Uh, the city of Seattle seems to be about done with Jamal Adams. Rightfully so, I would argue. Uh, for those who are maybe going, Jamal Adams, like maybe you've read it, maybe you've seen the blurb, uh, just for anybody who hasn't. So their last game against Dallas, he was on coverage in one of the pivotal touchdowns. And it was about some of the worst pass defense I've ever seen in my life. He reacted as if he wanted to look like he was trying on tape <laughs> because he was in such poor position that he had no chance. He kind of jumped and tried to catch a fake ball that wasn't there. Yeah. It was already gone. It was like, what are you doing? Um, and they traded a haul for him. They gave two first-round picks. He has that contract. And 
He's been hurt most of the time, and when he plays, he can, yeah, he can rush the quarterback, and that's kind of about it. He's awful in coverage. <laughs> it's not a good trait for a safety. Uh, in open field tackling, <laughs> he's not the greatest either. No, no. And uh, a New York Jets beat writer uh, attached with the highlight of the touchdown just quote tweeted it and said, yikes. Well, evidently, Adams has a history with this guy. Mm-hmm. And so after Adams saw the tweet and then went to the reporter's personal photographs uh, that were probably somewhere online, found a photo of him and his wife with their child and quote tweeted that and said, yikes, about his wife. Yes. He was asked about it because, of course, he deleted it. But he tried yesterday to stand by the post, even though, again, he deleted it. He did it on social media and at the press conference. And when asked about why he did that, uh, he said, oh, it's always the athlete cross the line when he responds. But at the end of the day, disrespect is disrespect, however you want to take it. So I responded. I knew when I did hit that tweet, I wasn't in it to win it. At the end of the day, it was to get him to understand to leave me the hell alone. He also said they have a previous history. They don't like each other. He said he's been going on saying a couple things since the trade, and obviously it's been happening before that, and I just got fed up with it. Uh, was asked if he felt bad. He said, no, when others go low, I went lower. It's a great motto for life, was it not? Huh? That's a good motto. Somebody goes low, you go lower. That's that's a that's a great life philosophy. Is it is it was it oh was it Michelle Obama that did she the low, said low when thing? They, when they, they go, go low, we go, go high. high. That was her thing. I would argue society in general is living by the when they go low, we're going lower. <laughs> this is the reason why I do not understand for the life of me why anybody who plays sports at a significant level is on social media in any way, shape, or form. I would have somebody... Sure, you run your account. Yeah, I would pay somebody to do it. Promotional tweet, hey, I'm at this camp, hey, we're doing a giveaway for this. Like, yeah, that stuff's fine. Here's a picture, whatever. Like, have somebody do that. If you're scrolling social media as a professional athlete, you got issues, man. Get off of it. It's a bunch of fat idiots in their living room telling you you suck at their job while they're in their mom's basement. Like, why Is do that you, where you were when you watched that's it? That's exactly where I was. Why do you care what some... like? I know this case is different because it's a reporter and he had a history with it, but oftentimes sure. they, I think this is built into... The people who were chirping at you, chirping at you, chirping at you. It's like, who cares what some anonymous dude who's paying for a free app thinks about your performance in that game? It has no bearing on your life. Go home, touch some grass, breathe some air. You're going to be okay. This is a bridge that you cannot cross, man. Like, if you want to say, if you want to go back at the guy and say, hey, I think this is an unfair criticism, which it was not because that was terrible pass coverage and Jamal Adams is terrible in pass coverage. Yeah, but but uh, I'm not defending Adams in any way. He way over, he crossed that line by a mile. Yes. If there is a known history, like that guy knew or knows that Jamal Adams probably doesn't like him and he may feel the same. I would also argue for that guy. Like, why even get near it? Yeah, I mean, he's just, I think he's just on social media, sees a play, says yikes. He knows Jets fans are going to get all riled up because they're like, ha ha, we traded that guy for a couple of first round picks. It's like red meat for his fan base. I guess. I just, I don't know. I To criticize somebody's significant, like to bring family members oh, into this dude, stuff, it's like disgusting. It's, a, it's an absolute low blow. And I don't know if there should be any reaction from Seattle. Maybe I'm overreacting and overreaching there. Pete Carroll has tried to have like toe this line all week of like, yeah, we're taking it seriously. We've had a talk with him. And then Jamal Adams gets up at a podium and says, 
I go lower. It's like, Jesus, dude, just shut up. You're not very good at football anyways, and attacking people's significant other is just a – you cannot go that low. It just feels like it's at a breaking point with the fan base in the city. The season hasn't quite been what they want. They've had some opportunities that yeah. they've blown. and Good luck this weekend. Well, yeah, and that's going to be a tall task, but – he has not been good. No. Like, he had, like, a three-game stretch of getting sacks, and then, hey, let's put him in pass coverage. Ooh. And that trade looks awful. Horrible. And I know the, you know the organization knows this. Jamal Adams obviously is reacting as if he's a guy that's reading all this stuff all day, and he's aware of what people say about him and the trade. It doesn't happen often, but I saw Ian comment on this yesterday. I saw a couple other Seattle media members comment. It does feel like a fan base in a media, in a city in general, just kind of, we're done with you, man. Yeah. Can we be out of this experience already? It's not a good one. (laughs) This did not go the way that we thought it would. It's one of the worst takes that I've had over the last however many years. Um, because I th- I thought it was a good move. Hey, go get a difference making safety. If even if you got to give up a pick or two, you're on the brink of competing for Super Bowls. You needed help defensively. I defended this trade. Well, from he was Seattle's he angle. was young still when they made that. He was trade young. And... He was good with the Jets, man. And you just thought, all right, this could be the missing link. But then you look back, and he's not good in coverage. The only reason he had those stretches of being a good pass rusher too was because it was at a time that Seattle didn't have anybody that could get after the quarterback. He was the only option that they had in those situations. And the trade has backfired. I just th- there needs to be a divorce here. It's some point soon uh non adams related note uh just want to add to it the root conversation so the mariners and being cheap and not getting guys reportedly divish reported this and i think since more reporting has come out i guess internally the mariners are dreading what the revenue is with the root sports network that is not going well for them and i think that is a massive part to the mariners position financially so again, I don't know. Maybe they'll jump into the race of some player that we don't talk about. But all the intel seems to be from them publicly, we're broke or we're cheap. And people have done some digging, and it sounds like a lot of this is root sports-based. So as Blazer yeah. fan, keep an eye on that. This is I'm not rooting for anything bad to happen. I truly am not. What have the Blazers got? One more year on that deal? Two more years? I think one more. After this season? Yeah. Okay. And so, But this is the era where... Uh, local flagship television entities are are, are kind of falling left and right. And yes. so just to add to the context yesterday of the Mariners, a lot of this is root sports based because the channel's not profiting and it's been a struggle bus. Yeah, that uh, when you see Juan Soto go to the Yankees, it's a tough blow because they were hoping they were in the Juan Soto sweepstakes. The other thing, too, that I think it would I would roll my eyes a little bit at is you've been cheap for a long time. And now, like this, you're, this is probably a real reason to be cheap. But when you've been cheap leading up to this being cheap, now it's like you're just using an excuse to be cheap. Yeah. And this is who you've always been. Uh, coming up, the odds are out on this. And man, oh man, is this a needle mover? Next on the fan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Uh, we had a, um, I don't know if he's a listener, but somebody that follows us on the old Twitter machine, X, as the kids call it, 
responded this morning to our rain, our atmospheric river rain yes. poll question. Rained a lot. Tweeted this morning, I woke up in Florida and said, I want to move back to Oregon. The grass is not greener on the other side. Oh, okay. What's going on in Florida right now? Is it like uh, hot, muggy? Is there a hurricane coming? Did what are- you see the Grand Theft Auto trailer? I, well, that is true. I did see the Grand Theft Auto trailer. Did you know that you, they literally filmed were all real and things. saw those r- real things in the state of Florida? <laughs> Who doesn't like seeing girls twerk on top of cars? Man, what are we complaining about here? A gator walking into a convenience store? Sounds like a nice Tuesday. Florida comes off to me as somebody who's never been and experienced the real Floridian experience. It comes off as like Mad Max with beautiful ocean water. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're wearing skull yes. masks and... We're being strapped to the front of cars, and guys are randomly being walked by other guys with leashes. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like, "What's happening down here?" You're like, I don't know. We're close to the equator, so we're just losing our minds. And there's a nice white sand beach with clear <laughs> yeah. Atlantic Ocean water that is warm as a bathtub. Oh man! Hey, um, big news yesterday, huh? Mm. Massive news in the old sports world. Yes. What happened? The Doyers minus 150 to land the <laughs> services of one Shohei Otane with the Giants tied for second behind. Hey, oh. At plus 400, we've got an NLS battle in the middle of December. And he's going to go to Toronto. That would actually be kind of cool. <laughs> it actually would be. It I'd would be, okay be kind of cool to go to Toronto. Don't let him go to the NL West, man. I want to root for Shohei Otani. If he goes to the Dodgers, it's a nightmare. I love Shohei Otani. He's the best thing to happen to baseball. He's the, the most charismatic player. Not charismatic's not the right word, but the most entertaining player that we have currently in the sport. And I want to be able to root for him, and I want to be able to support him. And if he puts on a blue uniform in L.A., that's out. It's out the window. Now he's a bum. Now he's 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 no Madison Bumgarner. He's going to choke in the playoffs. Now mm. I have to be anti-Shohei Otani. Yeah. Don't do this to me, Shohei Otani. Well, we'll see. I, I do think it's pretty hilarious because Dave Roberts said he actually met with him but didn't disclose anything that they discussed now. Well, they can't. I mean, this he's always even supposed to let the cat out of the bag. They I met. Know. Secrecy. Got to say secret. I don't know how much of this is Shohei or his agent, but stop it. If he if he loves Southern California and he wants to win and it's about money, he's go back to the, go Angels. To the Dodgers. Oh, <laughs> so you guys have won as many World Series. If as he's if he wants, <laughs> I mean, to, they have a real one more recently. Yeah, the Angels do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. If he wants to go somewhere that's got money, but he could be maybe a little bit more anonymous, Toronto's actually the place to go. It's a big international city. Baseball's not at the top of of the hierarchy there for sports. Um, I mean, he'll still stick out. He's a six foot five Asian guy. What he's going to stick <laughs> out, but. <laughs> You just saying that out loud. He's <laughs> a six foot five Asian, He's a big ass Asian dude, man. Not a lot of those in Toronto, I would imagine. Do you no. pass a six five Asian guy? That's a big ass that's Asian a guy. Big ass, yeah, I mean, come on, that's a big dude I, right there. I hope this process does not take very long. Mm. Sounds like it'll be wrapped up by the end of the weekend. That's what so most people are saying. It, it, it's one thing if you're trying to just you know keep the keep stuff out of the media for as long as you can that's fine if you are planning to make a decision and you actually make it's like we're going to meet with these teams we're going to take everything we're going to take all the proposals everything we're going to sit down we're going to churn it out and then we're going to make a decision and that's it fine if this thing drags on for a while and he's still not talking and then the media's like they got editors saying, you need to post stuff. And they're like, nobody's talking. And that is like, you got to post something. <laughs> then it's going to get crazy. 
One thing that we do know for certain, Juan Soto is a Yankee. He was traded yesterday to the Yankees from the Padres. The Padres got out of the Juan Soto business rather quickly. And now the Yankees have Judge, Stanton, and Soto. They've already moved near the top of the World Series odds for next year. And people are laughing at that because... They still don't have much of a rotation. Well, and also Aaron Boone. I disagree with that a little bit. Didn't Garrett Cole? I mean, Garrett Cole had a good year. Rodon should be back healthy next year. Well, Garrett Cole, yeah, he was a Cy Young winner. I Rodon missed depth. depth. You're talking about depth, right? Yeah, Rodon missed basically all last season, and he was the last couple of years before that one of the top pitchers in baseball. Now you put you put a lineup like that out, assuming you can put that lineup out every day, most days. Then yeah, you can beat a lot of teams ten six, but. We've seen how that goes in the playoffs. Juan Soto is really interesting to me. One, San Diego had to make this move. He has one more year left on a on a contract, and then he's going to hit free agency next season. And they know they're probably not. They going can't to afford pony him. Yeah. I mean, they've paid so many crazy contracts yeah. in San Diego over the last handful of years. He was just never going to be a part of their long term plans. So they had to make this move. But Juan Soto. He was so unique because of the age that he broke into the big leagues, and it just you don't see guys at 19 have the start to their career like he did. Remember how good he was in the 2019 World Series for Washington? He was outstanding. He had 34 home runs and 110 RBIs that year. He has not quite been able to duplicate those numbers, but what he does do a lot is get on base, walk, and he was incredibly um, available last year. He played, I believe, in every game last season. I think he led the majors in walks with like 132 walks last year. So putting a guy like that inside your lineup, he hasn't quite been the power threat that many thought he would be coming into his career. Not to say that he didn't have good power numbers eventually last season, but I think we viewed him as one of those 40, 50 home run guys year in and year out. And he only has two years of 30 home runs so far in his career last year and then in that 2019 season. But his on-base percentage, his ability to draw walks, the tough at-bat, you put that in the middle of your lineup along with Judge and Stanton, like... I mean, it's an easy take, but it's a, it's a home run trade for the Yankees. They give up some prospects. They're going to re-sign him. He was always probably going to be a Yankee, and so it makes sense long-term, and your outfield is basically set for the next seven years. Uh, you always want the best players in the sport. Stanton, I don't know how much you can rely on adding that to this conversation, Dirt, but I what I would say is I saw this move, and I kind of went, eh. Really? Yeah, I, I'm not trying to poo-poo uh, Soto. I'm not trying to... Poo-poo what he can mean to the lineup with the offense. Obviously, we know that's massive. I just I've watched a lot of baseball mm-hmm. the last couple of years because my team's good again. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of the team succeed by developing talent and not going insane with payroll per se. And the t- some of the top payroll teams last year didn't have great years. Yeah. Or they fell short of the ultimate goal of spending all that money sure. to win the World Series. It is nice to be the Dodgers. It certainly is. We give Swag a lot of grief, but at least his team, he knows his team is going to have the talent to be good. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of something they're they're lacking come the postseason time. I know they won the COVID title, but we give him grief over that because, I mean, it was, what, 60-game regular season or whatever. Yeah. It's a massively yeah. different year in the way it goes. And so all I'm saying is, I'm not saying don't spend money. I just... I'm kind of past the early 2000s, 2010s mindset of, well, the Yankees are going to win the World Series. They haven't won one since 09. Yeah, it's been a long time. And a lot of, like, the Rays have passed them. I know the Rays got upset last year. I still think that format's dumb. <laughs> but the Rays have passed them as an organization. They know how to develop talent. They can get rid of talent and easily replace it. 
Yeah, I would say the postseason stuff, to Swag's larger point, has been because their starting pitching has kind of faltered in the playoffs. And oh, the Dodgers? Or the no, the Yanks. Talking both, about the Yankees. Well, both, both yeah, frankly. sure. <laughs> you can use both. So sure. their pitching's lacked. I'm glad they added a big bat. Well, I just, I mean, I, I don't know how you compute for that, right? Like, Garrett Cole's a Cy Young Award winner. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. He just hasn't been good in the postseason. I, how do you, I don't, you I can't. Don't, you can't. You, there's, there's nothing, nothing you can, you can see do that, right? Some right? guys are good in the postseason, some guys aren't. And just because you haven't been good in the postseason doesn't mean you always won't be good in the postseason, right? The, the only, I mean, I, I see the larger point that you're making. There's a lot of organizations that do more with less. The Diamondbacks made the World Series last year, for heaven's sakes, and they paid, they had like the payroll of 1080 the fan, right? They had no high paid guys on their team. But I would also counterpoint that with the Rangers have spent crazy money and they just won a World Series. They have handed out a lot of big-time contracts to basically half of their lineup. They've infilled with some young guys that they got from the years of sucking. And so there's a mix there. It's We sucked. We drafted guys. We developed well. Mm-hmm. Now let's go get Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. And I know DeGrom didn't play this year. But some right, they, pieces to add on to the They spent a lot of right. money. The other team who has been arguably the most successful in baseball over the last two years uh, without winning a World Series is the Philadelphia Phillies. And there's nobody in baseball that has spent more than the Philadelphia Phillies over the last three to four seasons. They have filled out an entire lineup of $100 million contract guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their rotation is a bunch of high-paid guys. So there are teams that win at a high level that succeed by spending money. I see the overall point, though. You have to have a balance. It's like the transfer portal and recruiting in college football. You can't do it one way or the other. The Rays I will never take seriously as a legitimate contender year in and year out because they don't have the ability to pay guys. They don't have the ability to resign guys. They don't have the ability to go make big moves in free agency. But they're the best at developing guys. But there's a missing link there in the same way you can't just go buy an entire roster and expect to win a World Series. But it feels like that's what the Yankees did yesterday. They saw a problem, and they they flex-sealed it. They put some tape yeah. on it and said, this is a great thing to have. Don't worry, it won't leak. Where what swag points to, you're lacking depth in pitching. I mean, you added an outfielder. I would also contend I don't think they're done. So they oh, might they're add the Yankees. They're, they're never like they're, there's going to be more pitching on the there's going to be more pitching on the way. I would assume the whole market right now is just frozen, waiting for Shohei Otani for sure. And this is where I don't I don't begrudge him at all for taking the time that he wants to take and being secretive. It sucks because this should be the week that we're kind of oh look who signed there. Oh this guy's going there. The Soto trade we imagine mm-hmm. would happen eventually, but we need Otani to go, and then all the other dominoes will fall. Hour number two. We got Brandon Huffman at seven thirty. We kick it off though. Civil War is back. We got a poll question on that how you feel about that game returning next year and the years after that loaded second hour dirt and sprague on the fan okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.